0: Blog Talk
1: Radio
2: This is our common ground Alternative Activist Empowerment Talk Radio
1: Speaking truth
2: to our and
1: ourselves Who are you?
3: You don't know? Don't tell me Negro, that's not this What were you before the white man Means you a Negro And where were you?
4: And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? I am a revolutionary. It speaks
5: about what we didn't do. Amen. Then
4: it speaks to us and the possibility for us as a future person. Because ultimately... Our people's future resides on what we do outside of the White House.
3: African descent family, America failed. She put And now to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham.
5: And good evening to you here at Our Common Ground. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I hope that you are well. I'm trying out some new um, technology to do this broadcast tonight here at Our Common Ground, and I hope that it is all going smoothly. Can you, If you can hear me with someone in our chat room, let me know, because I am connected in a very different way than I've ever been connected, and I'm not able to see whether or not I'm connected to my connection. I hope somebody can understand uh, that. How are you? We hope that you have had a good week. Um, and that you uh, have been looking at all of the things going on in and around the nation, and we're going to try and help you take a look at some of those things which are directly infused in being black in America and how black identity and racial identity impact are thinking about uh, some of these events. Tonight, Weekend of Resistance, Souls on Fire in Ferguson, Missouri. Four days of uh, demonstrations over the police killing of the unarmed teenager Michael Brown. It's continuing for um, a third day today ahead of a national Uh, This weekend, this is actually the second day of the National Weekend of Action, um, and uh, organizers have invited the Brown family to take part. Dr. Cornel West and actor Harry Belafonte are also among those who have been attending today, and we hope that you have been able to uh, suggest... um, um, get as much information and to support this effort. Uh, those celebrities that i mentioned mentioned um, in this weekend, um, events which include a mass march and a planned act of civil disobedience, they'll be joined by local activists who've been calling for the arrest of police officer Darren Wilson who killed Mike Brown for the appointment of a special prosecutor in the case and firing of the F- Ferguson police chief thomas jackson and uh we're we want to speak with you about this organizing about these protests and how you feel about them um, there are some people who are involved for this uh three day Uh, protests. Tef Poe, a St. Louis rapper and activist Tori Russell, an organizer with Hands Up United, and Ashley Yates of Millennial Activists United. And the message that they are all sending to the system is that they're not going to stop and that we are resilient. Um, So as we turn to Ferguson, we have to begin to ask some questions about what this resistance weekend, this Ferguson October means. And we we need to get, as a community, as a people, we need to get intimate to get this fixed. And we want to talk to you about that tonight. Because at some point, we have got to explain to our children what we have been doing. We have got to ourselves why we have not done this. And and I'm going to be pretty rough here tonight at our common ground because one of the things I want to say to you is that we have got to fix this. We have got to ask ourselves, who are we as parents? Who are we as taxpayers? Who are we as black people who have to continue to watch not only the continuing deterioration of our economic, our cultural, and our spiritual wealth, that we have not built the platform from which our children should be inspired for their future. And that's what we're going to do here at our Common Ground. And our number is 347 838 9852. And I hope that you will join us in this conversation. Um, the we usually start the program by bearing some truth. And the truth is that Darren Wilson continues to be free without charges, and he is missing. That there have been some strange goings on and some real talk about Ebola in the homeland. That we are not sure whether we are at war or not. We are not sure about this government's policy relative to the put down of an organization called ISIS, which. By the way, uh news, uh breaking news, they were 8 miles outside of Baghdad today. We continue to dance around the midterm elections and the issue of voter suppression. And we have a Supreme Court that is not only maligning justice, but they are essentially doing legal and social engineering from the bench. So I hope that you will uh, join us in all of this. Also, before we get started, as every week we do, we like to bring you a history note. And tonight we focus on Fannie Lou Hamer. She was an African-American voting rights activist and civil rights leader. She was born in, on October 6, 1917, in Montgomery County, Mississippi. On August thirty first, she traveled on a rented bus with other attendees of Bevel County's Sermon to Indianola, Mississippi, to register in what would become a signature trail of her activist career. She began singing Christian hymns such as Go It on the Mountain and This Little Light of Mine to the group in order to bolster their resolve. The hymns also reflected Fannie Lou Hamer's belief that the civil rights struggle was a deeply spiritual one. Courage and leadership in Indianola came to the attention of SNCC organizer Bob Moses, who dispatched Charles McLaurin, from the organizations with instructions to find the lady who sings the hymns. McLaurin found and recruited Fannie Lou Hamer, and though she remained based in Mississippi, she began traveling around the South doing activist work for SNCC. In the summer of 1964, the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party, or Freedom Democrats for short, was organized with the purpose of challenging Mississippi's all-white and anti-civil rights delegation to the Democratic National Convention of that year as not representative of all Mississippians. And you know the rest of the story. This is Our Common Ground, and we thank you for being here. We're going to get started that Revolution! 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 Revolution!
1: Revolution! 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 Revolution!
3: You are listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And now, Janice Graham.
5: All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is be free. And we thank you for being with us. And if you're listening on a smart device and you'd like to join our chatters in our chat room and listen live and discuss this broadcast, the contents of this broadcast that we have planned a a great show for you tonight. You can join us at our common ground at blogtalkradio.com dot com backslash OCG. And if I'll uh, say it again, blogtalkradio. talk dot No, okay, we're gonna start again. www. blogtalkradio dot com backslash ocg that's where you can join our chat rooms we thank uh those of you who have joined us already in our chat room and um we hope that we will hear from you tonight at 347 838-9852 this is not exactly what we called open mic this is a much more moderated and, and structured uh, broadcast tonight, different from our our Common Ground Saturday night open mic, because what we're trying to do, encourage you to talk about where you are in this struggle. Let me tell you a little about Ferguson uh, October. Massive marches and rallies, hip-hop shows, civil disobedience and prayer is filling the weekend as thousands and thousands of people converge on the Ferguson area. Hands Up United has a a forum um, and many events are in the greater St. Louis area, including Ferguson. Uh, If you are out in that um, in that region of the country, so uh, you can um, participate. But the whole idea that the images from the ground in St. Louis show that this is our time. Our children are out in the street. I don't know how many of you followed the requiem for Mike Brown last Saturday night where activists from organizations um, took over the St. Louis Symphony to draw attention to the movement for justice for Mike Brown and emphasize that black lives matter. Uh, We are also happy to announce that some important national labor organizations have joined the list of endorsers for Ferguson, hashtag Ferguson October, namely the AFL CIO, and it's shaping up to be the largest protest in recent St. Louis history. If you don't understand why St. Louis is important, then you really need to read about the St. Louis riots. How many of you have ever heard of the St. Louis riots? The St. Louis riots are so indicative of what's happening in Ferguson this weekend. I I mean, I sit here and I will be quite honest with you. I sit here And I'm saying to myself, I would not have imagined that in my life I would be seeing
7: the kind of racial war going on in America again. So,
5: So if you really want to understand the significance of the place that we find ourselves as a country, as a nation, as a people, you have to understand our history. And we came into this weekend with tensions in and around Ferguson continuing to rise two nights after an off-duty white police officer shot and killed a black teenager who police say had shot at the officer first. His name is Monderet Myers. He was 18 years old. His family and friends insist that he did not have a gun and that he was murdered by an overzealous officer who assumed wrongdoing because he was black incident raises concerns that the added anger over Myers' death with the suspicious and not so uh, not so trusting citizenry of Ferguson and St. Louis coupled with the death of John Crawford the murder of Eric Gardner and the iconic images of Oscar Grant and and Trayvon Martin. We are and so what I'm asking you tonight is to come close. Y'all you, you all come on come on a little closer. Come on, move the chairs. Move move it close to the computer. Because I want to
7: ask a very simple question what are we to
5: conclude about the state of this race war in America how much harm it is doing to our children how much harm is it doing to our children our number is 3478389852 Now, if you're drinking something, I want you to put it down for a minute. If you're smoking a cigarette or a cigar or a joint, put that down for a minute.
7: Because I don't want anybody choking. Here is the fundamental question. The fundamental question is this. Are we owning our children's pain? I've talked about this a lot um, in the last year, well, two years, how
5: painful for me to add to my story at the time. You know, I just got my Medicare, I got my Medicare card. Alpha, I forgot to tell you, my Medicare card came in the mail on Monday, And I'll talk about a little about that in the second hour.
7: Painful it is
5: for us to talk to our children. For me to tell my thirteen year old grandson, who in my estimation, and I'll argue anybody down about it, is one of the most brilliant children, the most promised Comes from his,
7: from every pore of his body. And my
5: two year old grandson, to be afraid for them and to feel hopeless and helpless
7: in the possibility
5: of their being hurt, of their being harmed, of a police officer coming up to my six foot. 13-year-old grandson who wears a size 13 shoe believing that
7: his life does not matter. And on one end of the spectrum to give him a lesson
5: and treat him in a way where he absorbs that message that he does not have control of his favor or his fate in his life. And on the other end of the spectrum,
7: to kill him.
5: And I'm asking the adults in in this room with me tonight, I'm asking you if you are owning that pain. And if you are owning that pain,
7: you own the responsibility to change the narrative.
5: I numbers three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. 347-838-9852. I want to uh, give you an update of how things have changed But they have stayed the same in Ferguson, Missouri.
0: But there is an ongoing mistrust between the black community and police here.
3: As long as this memorial is standing, people will be reminded, number one, who the enemy is. And and, and, too soon we forgot exactly. They are the number one enemy. They They are the protectors of those who seek to do people injustice.
0: The Ferguson police chief insists that his officers do not target people based on race. But David Witt says the black community still feels they are treated differently, a sentiment echoed by President Obama in a speech this weekend.
2: Too many young men of color feel targeted by law enforcement, guilty of walking while black or driving while black, judged by stereotypes that fuel fear and resentment and hopelessness.
0: In Ferguson, the racial divide isn't just limited to police and protesters. Residents say they feel it between one another. What are you experiencing now?
4: yelling screaming (laughs) a lot of anger wherever you go Uh, um, manners seem to have gone out the window when you're going to the grocery store and it could be on both sides of the fence and
0: you don't know where anybody stands since brown's death police and protesters are watching the streets like never before not long after the michael brown shooting police here began wearing body cameras in fact the officer who was shot during a patrol at the community center was wearing one but police say He didn't turn it on. And that just heightens mistrust here. Now, it isn't just police wearing cameras, but citizens are donning them too, both trying to protect themselves in the eyes of the law with indisputable proof. And tomorrow there's going to be another town hall meeting here, this time between people here in the community and the leaders, where they can ask any question they want. We have talked to the mayor. The mayor is saying that he hopes that they are working towards a better Ferguson. The Department of Justice is mediating that. Wolf?
3: All right, Sarah, thanks very much. Sarah Seidner in Ferguson. Let's dig deeper right now. Joining us, John Gaskin of the NAACP and our CNN law enforcement analyst, Tom Fuentes, former assistant director of the FBI. John, how long are these protests going to continue? you know
8: you have a community that is very upset that does not trust local law enforcement that feels the local leadership there is incompetent you've got a police chief that has really an irreparable uh, relationship with the community I believe the protests will remain until Darren Wilson uh, until they see justice Uh, and people want answers there is a very large level and amount of distrust and and so as we saw this weekend People are on edge. I feel as though we're almost working with borrowed time. Uh, tensions are very high, and so people want answers, and they want them now.
6: The attempted apology by the chief of police was probably a mistake and then the way it was presented, and hiring a PR firm to put it out made it look insincere all by itself. But I think that the fact that these protests are going on in such a strong way so long after the event and we're not going to have a result of the Missouri grand jury for a long time, we're not going to have the results of the federal investigation for even a longer time, and I don't see an end
8: in this uh, anytime. time. Well, when I heard about it, I was re- very concerned because one thing that the NAACP and everyone in the community should know is that all life matters. Whether it's black or white, it doesn't matter. All life is valuable. And so we don't want anyone to get hurt. But you know the police chief Chief Belmer said that he doesn't feel as though it is, was re- in relation to uh, the protests, and it may not have been, but the fact of the matter is you have policemen that are on edge they're probably very you know very agitated uh watching really every move. but you know you have a community that is really outraged, that the steps that we've been encouraging they're not even taking. The officer who was shot, his camera wasn't on. Uh, they 're not wearing their name badges, and it 's my understanding that the policemen are still wearing uh, the, the bands that say "I am Darren Wilson," which the Department of Justice has asked them uh, to stop wearing so it, it you know people are wondering why protesters are remaining angry, but it appears to almost be no progress right. you no. Know.
1: That it ain't no gun they make that
5: can kill my soul. Oh, no. All we want to do is take the chains off. All we want to do is take the chains off. All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is be free. And as Al J or J, somebody J, I don't know his name. Okay, I admit it. I don't know his name. But I love this song Free by Jay. Well and he's saying he's talking to that is our children out on the street. And all week the Saint Louis police were preparing for a busy weekend. As these organizers plan more protests, our children demonstrations and gathering throughout the city. The entire department is in uniform, every detective, every desk person, so they're available to go out into the
7: field. Ah. These officers will be working 12-hour
5: shifts. And the department has more resources to deploy. During the course of the last week, they have talked about plans around how white citizens are able to evacuate if there's a major breakout. But nobody is thinking about how we take care of our children in the context of Black Lives Matter. The city police are also communicating with uh, fellow law enforcement uh, in the county and state. And on Friday, uh, the chief of police of St. Louis announced that the department is encrypting its radios, and he said that he made the decision after protesters listening to scanners published police movements and 911 calls on social media. You heard the president of the NAACP of Ferguson saying that Ferguson police are not wearing their body cams that were just issued since the murder of of Michael Brown, and they are still wearing badges that say, I am Darren Wilson.
7: Now, if you don't agree,
5: that that's a war. You're gonna to have to explain it to me. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. It's the bottom of the hour. We're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk more. I'm Janice Graham, and this is Our Common Ground. Oh, we be playing some happy songs
1: so
4: tonight. Y'all ready?
1: <laughs> Are y'all ready?
5: This is our common ground at Blog Talk Radio, speaking truth to power and ourselves.
9: No trouble. I'm all about that. Babe. Bye, babe.
1: No trouble. I'm all about that. says uh, we're
6: not going to have boots on the ground, but now you got over a thousand soldiers. These, and be um, more, they're gonna and they're, more. It's, oh, You know why there's going to be more? Because they're going to start killing some of those that we've already pulled there now. Because exactly. so if you can't get 30,000 Shiites to stand their ground and they're fully armed, just a thousand Sunni And they drop their weapons Drop their uniforms
2: Drop their drawers and run What have you got?
9: Because you know I'm all about dabbing Badaabbing No trouble I'm all about dabbing Badaabbing No trouble I'm all about dabbing Badaabbing No trouble I'm all about dabbing the Alpha Show.
10: The Alpha Show.
2: Fridays, 10 p.m. Just damn. Advanced political pushback talk radio on TruthWorks Network.
5: The Alpha returns on TruthWorks Network October 24th. He's gone fishing, but he'll be back every Friday. He's all about politics. 10 p.m. TruthWorks Network.
9: Because our society is only as strong as all its individuals, the United Negro College Fund has helped educate thousands of doctors and researchers, but we need more. Thousands of architects and engineers, but we need more. Thousands of teachers and biologists, but we need more. And when disease, injustice, pollution, poverty, and countless other problems threaten to pull us apart, We had better educate every single person who has the potential to solve our problems. And to educate more people, we need more of your help. Give to the United Negro College Fund. With so much at stake, a mind is a terrible thing to waste.
5: Hi, this is Janice Graham of Our Common Ground. Join me on Saturdays for brunch at the I Declare brunch with India Declare. Saturday morning brunch, 11 a.m. real, raw, and right now. Live on Blog Talk Radio. To the I Declare Show. Real, raw, right now talk media.
3: I declare it. India Declare. Real, raw, and right now.
1: May six vote
4: after oath. Miles mile grand turn out the vote for our future, for our future, for our future, future.
7: boat
1: boat rock,
3: rock Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And now back to Janice.
5: Yeah, we had these boys up here um, working today. Um, That's uh, Mason Graham, two years old, and Miles Hughes, Graham, 13. And they want you to rock the vote for their future. How many of you are really doing something about organizing uh, in your community around getting the vote out? I mean, what kind of activists are you uh obviously all of us can't be in ferguson but the but the the bottom line the the real the real deal is that we're all in ferguson we every one of us we are in Ferguson, and I've got somebody I'm bringing somebody in here tonight to tell us just how much we are in all in Ferguson. <laughs>
2: Somebody broke into my house once. This is a good time to call them, but I don't The mm, mm,
1: mm.
2: <laughs> house is too nice. It ain't a real nice house, but they never believe I lived in it. It'd be, oh, he's still here.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, my God. Open and shut case, Johnson. I saw this once before when I was a rookie. Apparently, this nigga broke in and hung up pictures of his family everywhere. Well, let's sprinkle some crack on him and get out of here. Oh, you know, that's that, that's that whole brutality thing. It's, see, that's common knowledge now. There was a time when only minorities really knew about that. I'm not going to say white people didn't believe us, but you were a little skeptical. He was a little skeptical. I mean, I don't blame you. And then Newsweek printed it and he knew it was true. And then Newsweek wife was like, oh my God. <laughs> Honey, did you see this? Apparently the police have been beating up Negroes like hotcakes. It's in the main issue. I mean, really, how could you know? How could anyone else know? You know. I mean, maybe you should have seen something a little suspicious. I don't you think it was like a little suspicious? Just a little suspicious? Every dead black person the police find has crack sprinkled on them. I mean, come on. Man. Come on, man. Who gets shot and sprinkles crack on themselves? Nobody would think it. Oh, oh. You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham.
8: Countering the narrative.
2: Our common ground, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time.
6: Empowering Black America to achieve itself. <laughs>
5: And we thank you again uh, for being with us here tonight. You know, uh, you can say what you want to say about Dave Chappelle, but there is a certain burden, I mean, uh, for truth-tellers. And he is by far one of the most prolific truth-tellers. And I, I think that his talent, the core of his talent is right in the fact that he says it when he is thinking it through. The rest of us wait until we read it in a newspaper or read it on a blog, or somebody else says. You know, it's really funny because you know I I do a lot of stuff around this broadcast on Facebook, and for those of you who are listening, make sure that you like us on Facebook. It's our common ground with Janet Graham, and, and 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 we wait until someone affirms what we are thinking. It took the death of Oscar Grant and Sean Bell, uh, the death of Eric Gardner, for us to see it with our our, our lying eyes. Um, it took the death of Mike Brown, who laid, you know, the thing is that you can sit there, put your, put your drink down so you won't, view it all over the screen you can sit there and think that you are somehow distant from this problem and think that your children are somehow disconnected because they go to charter school or they go to private school or they go to Whatever school, and they go to Jack and Jill, and they go to the whatever whatever program, and and you take them to this place and you chauffeur them to that place, but when they get there, you are not there. When the school calls the police and you are not there, so I'm thinking that you need to, we need to be owning our children's fears and owning our children's pain. So that we can prepare them, because this is what we know. We know black males in recent years were at a far greater risk of being shot dead by police than their white counterparts, 21 times greater. And this is an analysis of federally collected data on fatal police shootings. Who wants to deny it? I'll give you the number. The number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. If we're gonna talk, if we're gonna if we're really going to get through this, we're gonna to have to do something that is different. And that is that we have got to own our pain, our shame, our responsibility as citizens in our own community. I, I don't know, and I know I'm jumping all over the place, but that's okay. You can still call me, whatever's on your mind. And um, our number is 347-838-9852 8, 8, 8, because all of it is connected. I don't know how many of you, I, I don't normally watch the Oprah, the own television uh, network, um, Life Lessons and... Fix my life, Ilvania. I, I think some of that, uh, so much of that, is so much pop culture that it moves us away. It moves me away. I'm gonna stop talking about the uses and the theys. It moves me away from the realities of understanding that the 100, 1,217 deadly police shootings from 12, which is captured in federal data, show that blacks age 15 to 19 were killed at a rate of 31.17 per million, while just one point, okay, 31, get the number, 31.17 per million, while just 1.47 per million white males in that age range died at the hands of police. We've got to begin to calculate how many more whites over those three years would have been killed for them to be at equal risk. The number is jarring. They'd have had to kill 185 boys between the ages of 15 to 19. 185, that's more than one Per week over a three year period. So, what we've got to do is we've got to get up close and personal with what all this means. And that means that we've got to recognize exactly to the extent
7: that we own our pain.
5: I am telling you, when I saw some reports of what was going on in Ferguson. I watched the live stream of the marches in one of the forums today. I had tears running down my face. Because
7: if we do not prevail now, when will we
5: prevail? If we do not fix what is wrong, in America, and wrong in our own community. My grandsons, now, I know I, I don't talk about the grand princess too much because, you know, she's going to graduate from college and uh, in May and enter medical school in September. And she was caught right on the edge of this thing. So she was able to see a little bit
7: of freedom. Y'all think you're free? Go to
5: a go to a Walmart and pick up a, 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 a air gun, and you don't even have don't don't point it to the ground. You know, float it around a little bit, take a look at it, and find out if
7: you're free. Ask the parents and the child of John Crawford if he was free. If he was free.
5: I don't remember in my lifetime worrying about my own daughter
7: and her freedom to make choices and to be a rising star in her own spotlight. But if you've got children who
5: are 15, 16, 17, they are seeing dead bodies in the street and i am i'm i'm just I'm just asking questions here. I'm wondering how much harm is it for them to to see the dead bodies and discover the people who are killing black people in the street who are police officers, and they don't get held accountable
7: by their government are their parents are their community. So what will that leave us with? We keep talking
5: about this, this post-slavery syndrome. We're going to have in this country in the next 20 years a new syndrome, and that is the syndrome of black children Witnessing a helpless and a hopeless people. Our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two, and we're coming up on the top of the hour, and um, I think some people are gonna stop by here. Uh, Um, but I was talking about the own 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 um Vansant, who. I discovered in the 80s, and she has been on our common ground in the 80s, in the 80s and 90s, uh, a couple of times. You know, these people get busy, they get famous, and they're writing their books and doing their tours. Um, But she did a show. She has this show. This show is called Fix My Life. And I think it's a great deal of pop culture and and I'm not too, I think if people need to get their lives uh, fixed, they need to find good spiritual and good social counseling, and they need to find good family members who will have their backs. But anyway, Van Zant, Doctor Van, Reverend Van Zant, uh, has been um, did these this two-part show. I think the second part is on tonight. And 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 I really recommend that you take a look at it. It's about men who have multiple children by multiple families and the the center of the show had to do with a man by the name of Jay Williams and he had 32 children with 17 women. And um Elvania is going to be having in the second part a group of men um who have eighty seven children with fifty different women.
7: they were all black,
5: and um one of her guests in the in the part that I saw was bringing up the theory <coughs> of um another Our Common Ground voice, Dr. Naeem Akbar, talking about
7: what is manhood. So, um,
5: one of the questions, one of the things that Dr. Naeem Akbar modeled was he said that
7: you are a male in one part of your life. You are, men are, men are, um, have a different stages
5: to get to manhood. And I was thinking about that and thinking about it in terms of individual members of our community. And I think that we can get stuck between um, our childhood and our adulthood. In childhood, we have the luxury of talking about making fun of looking at and walking away from our responsibilities to our community and to our people. But in in adulthood, we don't have that responsibility. And sometimes we get stuck
7: in the middle of childhood
5: and adulthood as members of our community. What do I mean by that? You might be saying, well what is Janice talking about? Janice is talk this is what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that we cannot abandon our children to educational systems where we have either not interjected our voices or we have lost our voice or are we have no voice at all.
7: That we
5: cannot look around in our neighborhoods and allow our children to see that we neglect. We allow government services to underestimate us and think that we are a powerful people. I think that our leadership model for our children as they watch Michael Brown's body bleed out for four and a half hours on the
7: ground in the street
5: and not be harmed unless we can demonstrate to our children that we are powerful people will be lost between
7: childhood and adulthood
5: One of the things that I'm talking about tonight in this owning your children's pain is looking back except identifying
7: accepting
5: and doing penance that we have made, the fact that we're too tired to go to a PTA, um, <clears throat> PTA meeting, the, the fact that we never go to a city council meeting, the fact that we allow ourselves to not register to vote, the fact that we allow our churches to betray us, the fact that we do not share our spiritual selves, with our children. The fact that we teach our children to lie to us and to lie to themselves because they witness us lying. The fact that we have not taught our children to be humanist, to be aware, and to be advocates of human and civil and legal rights that means that we are caught and lost between childhood and adulthood
7: i listened um
5: last week one of my uh staff members who is orthodox jew jewish uh, and he and his wife recently their baby is less than 2 weeks old and um i asked him about the naming ceremony they don't name the baby until the baby is ready to be circumcised they have the rituals are rich the rituals are treasured and valued and i listened to him As he talked about a discussion that he had with his grandfather, his father, and his mother about what this child will
7: be named and why.
5: And he not only talked about his Jewish heritage, his Jewish history, his Jewish religion, he talked about the world in which this child has arrived. One of his greatest concerns is about the connection that this child will have with the state of Israel because he is Jewish. It is a he. He will be a leader in their synagogue, in their religious community. And he did not want to take that leadership Now, we're talking about a baby that's less than two weeks old. He did not want to take that leadership role
7: or distort it by what is happening in the state of Israel. And I'm just throwing it out there to you.
5: How many of us have given that kind of thought to the leaders that we want our children to be? We already made a lot of the mistakes and we have generations, two and three generations of college graduates, scholars, uh, academicians, uh, professional people, what, what we might categorize as very successful people in our community, our children, my daughter included, and maybe one of the things that we neglected to do is to help them define success. To help them
7: prioritize achievement
5: to insist that they have accountability, leadership, and ownership of their history and their community, I'm Janice Graham, and I'll take your take your calls <laughs> uh let's see for a four year on the air. I respect you, thank you for your call.
3: Hello,
5: Hello, how are Hello, you?
3: Hello, Janice. I'm all right. How are you doing?
5: Um, I'm doing. You know, I'm kind of. I'm kind of victorious on on the right side, and kind of sad on the
3: left side. Oh, okay. I can understand that. I think that you. Uh, your topics are. This is Doc. Doc, is that aproposal. you? This is me.
5: I'm so glad to hear from you. How are you, my brother?
3: I'm doing very well. i we have recovered from my operations and uh, I'm I'm back on my good foot, getting getting there.
5: Ha <laughs> ha got on the good foot. It's so good to hear <clears throat> from you. It's so good yeah. to hear from you.
3: I'm beginning yeah, to I um Mhm. Go ahead.
5: This is a this is a great this is a great weekend. Our children are rising up and saying we won't stop until we find justice. And on the other hand that we have to do this again. I mean, you and I we know that this is this is not the first
3: time. Oh no. Absolutely not. And it's been it's going to be repeated again and, until we make some substantive changes. Uh and That's we're true. going to have to do it uh for for them, those of us who uh have the means and are still around. Um because the youth are, are you know, I mean that's they are they are us, you know, and mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. like you were saying about the schools, uh, we send our children to these schools, and we know that these schools are a pipeline to prison. Uh, you know, most schools are be are taught by white middle class uh, um, women and uh, who are so distant from our values and from our history and from us, don't know us, we have to, you know, so we have to teach our children ourselves. If it requires us to pull them out to point to uh, some of these schools that uh, have uh, put them in, uh, you know, these classes that uh, uh, have demeaned them, have labeled them as being this or being that, uh if before it gets to that point and if it gets to that point if if it's all possible, get the children out of those schools and 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 mm-hmm. homes you know mm-hmm. and 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 mm-hmm. teach them you know God has given us talents and uh you know just like in the the parables in the bible to where um if you don't if you don't use your talents and you and and you bury them uh shame on you. You know, and so all of us have gifts and talents and blessings, and things that we can do to try and improve the road uh, that our children are going to have to go down. Um, take our talents and, and and improve that. You know, just like the road has yeah. been uh, paved for us.
5: Well, one of the th- of the th- things that mm-hmm. we we've got to do. One of the things we've got to do is we've got to connect the hook up again. We've 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 got to decide that if the schools aren't working for us, let's build our own schools. For instance, yes. there is no mm-hmm. reason in places where there is a, an HBCU that we couldn't have an independent school for black children. Doc Don, you have heard me talk about this over and over and over. It is time for us to demand that our public education dollars, just like the religious some of these religious organizations get public dollars, we have got to build places of educational sanctuary and life quality sanctuary especially for black boys in the form of public boarding schools. Some of these children Uh, are out there by themselves. And if you look at the homeless figures of youth in this country, they'll tell you about the homeless white kids, but they're not telling you about the homeless black kids because they're labeling the homeless black kids as thugs and criminals.
3: Sure. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's the way they do it. You know, it's always conquer and divide. Uh, we'll label you this, we'll label you that. Uh, and then we are foolish enough to buy into these sorry labels that uh, that have been placed upon us to our detriment. And, uh, right. you know, yeah. And so we need to, uh, first of all, uh, get in contact with ourselves. And uh, you know, and find out, you know, who are we? Who am I? Yep. Yep. And, you know, I'm. And, I'm and really. What,
5: I'm starting to push. I'm starting to push. When that Medicare card came in on Monday, I'm starting to push my agenda as 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 aggressively as an activist that I can. I went to my first uh, Black Lawyers Association meeting last week. Good. In years, because they weren't doing yeah. anything. And I was Mm -hmm. saying to them, you need to have an academy for black children in high school that is teaching them civics, teaching them uh, the law, and helping them to understand how they need to behave with these police thugs and gangsters that's on the street with guns. And if you're not doing that, you're not doing anything. Doc, right, it's Dad. so good to hear from you. It, it's really so good to hear from you. Um, well, uh, I've got a board know, full
3: I, of callers. Go ahead. I'll, I'll just go close and uh, uh-huh. uh let you get to the callers, but I just want to emphasize that you know we need to uh, those of us who have the means uh, to uh, pass on our knowledge and our talents, develop our own uh programs and business mm-hmm. opportunities and uh That's do right. them you know ourselves we can't rely on government government' not gonna be the uh the 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 uh hope for our children uh it's gonna be yep. us and we need to develop uh, right. you know uh, our own right. means of employment and mm-hmm. uh of, of education because if you don't if we don't employ ourselves. Just like Dr. Claude Anderson said, the second level is going to be welfare. When welfare is taken away, the only thing left is criminality. That's right.
5: And And as James James Baldwin
4: said, a man that has nothing
5: to lose, a man that has, James Baldwin, I always go back to this, a man that has nothing to lose is a dangerous man.
3: That's right. And I just want to commend you, Janice, uh, for your you and on all of your family in India for your perseverance and for everything you do. I know you're well studied, uh, you're well experienced and uh I see your work uh, you know, in places uh that you'd be surprised, uh, on some of mm. these uh, scholars scholars' sites where you have commented and where you have been. And uh so you you're you're touching lives and you're and you're doing things and with Truth Works uh you know it's it's appreciated and it's needed. Continue and um uh, I'll say goodnight. I'll be listening on this uh phone.
5: Well thank and you. And you and
3: God speed to you
5: and great for your recovery and it's so good to have you back in the fold.
3: Well thank you very much. We need Janet. your voice.
5: And thank, well, you. thank you Dr. John having um uh, been a loyal listener and supporter for many years, and we're so glad to have him. Don is a self made man all the way through law school. Um, a valuable resource in this country. 979, you're on the air. I respect you. Thank you for your call. Uh,
11: yes, ma'am. It's Tommy Curry.
5: Oh, Doctor Tommy J. Curry. Thank you for your call. What's up?
11: Yes, ma'am. No, I think you know. I think we as always, you're on point. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I think you're on point as always. You know, it's, it's hard to disagree thank with you, you. <laughs> about anything, really. I know. Uh, I'm,
5: I'm preaching to the choir.
11: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think you know. I've, I've been looking at this, you know, with this young, this other brother that got shot with the sandwich, Brother Meyer. Um, you know. It's very difficult, you know, despite, you know, all the things that we talk about, all the things I write about. It's very difficult to kind of make sense of what's going on in this country right now. Um we know we know what's happening because history's told us and shown us this before. We've seen black men get lynched, we've seen uh young black males be, be killed, we've seen what the effect of that, you know, if we think back even to you know, to the play of Rachel, right? Uh Grimke's play. That what lynching does to black families, you know, in terms of poverty, in terms of you know, making black people and black communities fearful of political resistance. Uh and you know, it's, it amazes me that we're having this this same conversation a hundred years later in two thousand and fourteen while we're allegedly simultaneously championing uh you know, the at large visibility of, of black public intellectuals. So on the one hand we have poor young black men who are being killed in the streets that are taking the burden that are being the ones executed and the conversation pieces for black public intellectuals to have something to talk to the American audience about while on the other hand you have black communities in outrage and the, and, and 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 fighting against a police a militarized police state while you have a bunch of black bourgeois people sitting from above observing them and pretending that they somehow empathize with their struggle. Uh, and I say that to say that you know I've looked at some of these commentaries, uh, I've looked at the, co- the the coverage that we're getting all through NBC, MSNBC, et cetera, and it disappoints me. And the reason it disappoints me is because it seems to be the case that no matter how many young black men die, they still would not be accounted for as being part of the core and at the center of what black civil rights needs to talk about. We still don't understand young black males as being a major part of how we politically, economically, and and just socially define the black community. We want to split everyone up into political categories. We want to play identity politics. And we don't stop for one moment to ask the question, where does the labor come from? Where does the political organization come from? Is I, I mean are we really in a world right now where we believe that we'll say the state can go ahead and kill people, and then we'll stand up to the state that just shot a whole bunch of people? I mean what kind of political strategies are we coming up with here? I see people talking. I see people talking about people on the ground level and how great that organization is. But I, what, what's our strategy in terms of how we're going to deal with a militarized state? What difference does intersectionality and fancy words like deconstruction mean when people are being slaughtered? If life is not the prerequisite for thinking, then I don't know how we're supposed to deal with all these dead bodies that seem to keep mounting up and all these white police that seem to be hiding behind justifiable homicides when they're shooting the young black men. And it it becomes worrisome. Because even though we talk about things like the the school-to-prison pipeline, even though we talk about incarceration, even though we talk about police brutality and racial profiling, we seem to have a failure to grasp the complexities involved with the kind of genocidal logics that have been continuing to affect black people and black communities. They've been targeted to black men, but they affect black communities, black children, black women. All these people are affected, but we don't seem to be focused on that. We mention the words of white supremacy to sound cute, but we don't seem to understand that the overall project of eliminating black men from communities and impoverishing black women and creating a permanent underclass and creating people who are fundamentally committed to going to prison is part of our overall structure that keeps the black race in itself weak, that's not able to organize, that can can organize marches in cities, but it can't do anything to overthrow nations. And it's a very disappointing time given that we've come from two periods of time before this, both at the turn of the century and the 1960s and 70s that were supposed to be built on the recognition of this very issue. Is supposed to be built when we look at Seal, when we look at David Hillier, when we look at Kathleen Cleaver, when we look at Huey Newton. It's built on the recognition of how the government aims to not only weaken populations, but make sure that they can quell any kind of political dissent. And every time they've done that, they've hid behind the black capitalists and they've hid behind black intellectuals to do it. But today we turn to social media. We don't listen to programs like what you're doing. We're not trying to have conversations with the community. We're trying to inculcate people with a dogma that tells them they can hide behind language and, and discourse of structures instead of trying. To understand what are the material realities in front of us that are causing people to revolt, and as an intellectual it bothers me, as a black person it bothers, me. as a black man it scares me, you know, it's just it's just, it's just extremely unsettling. It, it,
5: it is very scary because you have to, you really have to ask yourself, on one hand, as we are under siege and under attack, the worth of a black man from slavery to Ferguson, if you want to read it. Um, it's in the New York Times, uh, this week, three centuries of struggle to assert black humanity. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about one of the, one of the things, uh, most of, most people may not be aware of, uh, on September 24th, Cameron Tillman, 14 years old, shot dead by police, answering the door, thought someone was clowning Uh around. Right, yeah. You know, And we want to say, and we, we do want to, un- but we should not underscore that he is described as a tremendous athlete by a teacher and um, the teachers were working, that tutors were working with him to boost his GPA in high school. We don't, we don't want to underscore that because okay. if when we underscore that, Dr Curry we are saying that all black lives don't matter and that's mm-hmm. the key to what's happening in our media because they want to treasure some black lives and not other black lives I've been on oh, Twitter all evening fussing uh fussing with somebody who's trying to tell me that, t- tell me about um <clears throat> the young man that was killed um this week uh, in St. Louis, mm-hmm. what is the difference between he had a pack of cigarellas in his hand or he had a sandwich in his hand? Whether he was riding a bicycle or walking on the sidewalk, there is no difference. And we've got to get real about whether or not, this is a question, Doctor Dr. Curry, do black lives matter?
11: well well unfortunately unfortunately i don't I don't think they do and i think and here's the here's the problem I found with it is you know I've been following that hashtag for a while, and the people whose lives don't matter seem to seem to be reinterpreted and imagined by people who use their lives or the the worthless of their lives to get attention from other people. so we know that poor black communities suffer from violence, poverty, domestic abuse. Murder, homicide, we know that this affects our communities. They're isolated politically and economically. But those people don't get attention. What What gets attention are the people who say, I'm speaking for those people. And we don't even question the message. We don't question what's lost in, in, in translation, so to speak. And that's a very scary thing because mm-hmm. many of the ways that we utilize the death of black men, black men particularly, but black people in general, is to perpetuate and propagate certain other people's careers and their own agendas. And that's a very scary thing because when you think about the people who benefit from talking about black death, right, it's never the people who are most affected by black death, right? We're not we're not asking. We're not – here's yeah. a great example. The people in Ferguson, right, and I said this before when we talked about this. The people in Ferguson have a lot to worry about because as soon as those cameras turn off, you get exactly what you got today or the other day, right? You get another black man shot just for carrying a sandwich, and the police make something up what what do we have in place to protect mm-hmm. that community what are we doing to uplift people in that community specifically are we giving them degrees are we making sure they're going through law school are we putting lawyers on the front floor? are we are we paying for those defenses at, uh, hand, hands down like where's the national movement for that because I've seen a lot of people say, well, I went down mm-hmm. there and now I'm tweeting about it and now I'm on MSNBC or I'm writing on this or that or Huffington Post, et cetera, saying this was my experience in Ferguson. But I don't see people from that community getting that mm-hmm. same type of visibility, only the people that people have chosen to represent them. And coming from a poor place in the South, mm-hmm. I can tell you right now that the people who are being killed, right, the pe- those, those dead bodies, the, the fear that those families are, are not the same type of fear that people that are thousands of miles away just tweeting about it feel about it. That's fundamentally different. And
5: mm-hmm, that's something mm-hmm. that we
11: haven't addressed in the black and community.
5: And if we, if you had caught my comments earlier, I've been talking about this whole notion of that all so many of us, too many of us, black people, we haven't made amends with our neglect. Oh, absolutely. And we haven't owned that with our children.
11: Uh
5: huh. Um, and. We're stuck between childhood and adulthood as a community. That when we begin to own our children's pain, when we take it to the, I mean, I, I don't know if I mentioned to everybody that my daughter is organizing in Boston an or a thing uh, a program for uh, mothers to take. Their children in groups from neighborhoods to the police precinct and say, "See these children? They got somebody who got something for you if you come after them." I mean, that's my words. I know it doesn't course. talk like that. <laughs> 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 uh, um, and now, as we sit and watch what's going on in Ferguson and have a uh, a weekend of resistance. Where is the wreaking of resistance in Boston? Well, I got to say my my comrade Jar- Jamal Crawford tonight is having a forum or had a forum um, to talk about Boston, the, the relationship of the black community to the Boston Police Department. But where is that in Chicago? Where is that in Des Moines? Where is that in Los Angeles? Where is that in San Antonio and Miami and Orlando and Jacksonville and Atlanta? You see, we got to own our own, as as Zahn in her own pop culture way says, we got to own our own stuff. Right. Because if we're not going to the PTA meeting, if there's no PTA, if we're not organizing one, if there's not one just for black parents and we haven't organized that, that's our stuff. If we're not going to city council meetings, if we're not going to school board meetings, if we don't have a relationship with the headmaster of the schools where our children go, and if we don't like it, we need to create an alternative. If we're serious about protecting our black boys, where are the public educational dollars to create a family and home environment using public education to create pri- outstanding private uh, uh, um, uh, live-in academies for black boys on the street. No, I agree with you. I but you no, know, we I wanna, we, with you. But, but Dr. Tommy, we want to we want to sit we want to sit home and talk about those black those those uh, black
11: single mothers and those absent
5: right. fathers. Right. And my question is. Where are the attending black adults in our community?
11: Oh, it's easy it, we we can advance people's careers quicker if they buy into a certain logic of pathology in the black community. And I and this is again this is what I said disturbs me, is that no matter what it is, if you if you have people standing up, the movement becomes not not progressive enough. Does it include uh, black women are, you know, black queer bodies or black, you know, queer bodies. If if the mm-hmm. movement starts talking about violence mm-hmm. is too violent. If they talk about arming themselves is too patriarchal, and masculine. If you know, if we talk about, uh, yeah. you know, My Brother's Keeper is too exclusive, right? You see, we we make people make their careers off of saying that there is some fundamental sickness with the ways that Black people try to improve themselves. And it's those Black people that are able to go through and then pick, cherry pick something without looking at the complete context of what the actual community. Worry about and then make their careers off of saying, see, they're the wrong kind of black people. I'm the right kind of black people. And in a world where people are dying, That's right. nobody has that luxury because somebody can't speak up now because right. they're dead. And that's and that's that, that's really mm-hmm. the problem, you know. I mean, this is this is what Elaine Brown was talking about, you know, in her book The Condemnation of Little B. She said that you know the problem is that we see racism purely as an exclusive thing, whereas black people that no longer can get that can't get access to white goals or white resources and white people, thereby deeming them inferior. But she said the new racism is a specific way that the black people, specifically black capitalists and black intellectuals, become entrapped within the myth of the black male as a super predator. And she says that what we see is that people point attention to the black community, see black men as being ultra, de- uh, you know, dangerous, as actually being these these criminals, these rapists, these murders, these thieves, right? And we and we demonize the whole community because inevitably we blame single black mothers for creating these kind of monstrosities. And what this does is it creates cycles That's of right. violence and cycles of policies that are aimed to criminalize and militarize the black community. And you see Ferguson is just one of the latest mm. examples of that book she wrote that a decade ago. Well, see, we don't we don't take those that's, types that's, of analyses and do anything right. with. Them. We don't take, and we don't, and we don't that's support, right. and this is what pisses me out. We don't support radical Black Talk Radio that's trying to actually speak to the community because we don't really want to educate the community. What we want to do is create intellectual idols where people follow us and like us instead of people who are trying to mobilize and educate people so that lawyers, doctors, social workers, et cetera, could try to address some of these pathologies in the community.
5: That's right, and we need to disconnect. From the stuff that ain't working for us.
11: Absolutely. Absolutely.
5: Hey, Tommy, Jay Curry, thank you so much for your call. Yes, ma'am. I really appreciate it, brother. Um, and um, I want you to check out uh, Fix My Life thing with uh, Van Sant, Because okay. she does some wonderful thing with some brothers. I mean... I saw that. Yeah, But yeah, the problem I saw that is, it's always a problem. You know, the, the problem is that isolate the stuff. But... Next week's show is going to be just about that, yes, because no, one of the things you'll note in every one of those men, the eighty-seven children with fifty women, the man with thirty-two children and seven from seventeen women, those men were traumatized and hurt, neglected and had no voice as children. Yes, you're listening ma'am. to Our Common Ground. Thank you, Dr. Curry. Appreciate send it. that baby to me. You know the one, the one <laughs> I picked out. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Stay with us. You're listening to Our Common Ground. That was Dr. Tommy J. Curry. We heard from Doc Don. We're so glad to hear from both of them. We're going to take a break. 916, I know you're there. 111, I know you're there. 773, I know you're there. When we come back. We're going to be talking with you you are presumed
9: innocent until you are proven guilty. leave those their shit they don't figure out they can kill your ass today and come up with a story for the news tomorrow. they don't figure that shit out. they' done got so good they can show us the truth and we can see the truth with our own eyes and then they can lie to us at the same time and confuse us about the truth we just saw with our own eyes. Okay. The first time we all saw it was at the Boston Marathon bombing. Everybody was looking for the fake ass, bullshit ass terrorist. He had a four day head start. He could have been anywhere. But we knew he was in the boat cause they told us he was in the boat from a helicopter. That's him in the boat right there, that's him. In the boat. Drew a picture around, and that's him laying down at the bottom of the boat. That then they said, The police are here. We gonna back up. Let the police go in and begin negotiations. And all we heard was brat, <laughs> brat.
8: There you are, who you're with, and what you're up to. I haven't heard from you since lunch, and it's almost 4
7: now. Call me back.
8: Sir
9: unheard message.
8: I know you're hanging out with your friends. You aren't supposed to hang out with them if I'm not there with you. Are you trying to hide something from me? If you really cared about me, you'd let me know where you are. You need to call me back
7: right now.
9: 8 unheard message.
7: You need to call me right now! just go off and hang out with your friends and not tell me?
8: And you can't ignore me like this. I'm going to keep calling till you pick up. Don't you dare ignore
10: me. Constantly checking up on you, demanding all your time, extreme jealousy, controlling who you spend time with. Know the signs of abuse. Don't remain silent. Think about it. Talk about it. Take action. Call one eight eight eight
7: three three six nine five nine one. 336 9591
5: And October is domestic violence awareness month we hope you're listening you
1: are listening to truth works network the alpha show
5: Alpha will be returning on The Alpha Show October 24th. Just damn. Uh, thank you for being with us here tonight at Our Common Ground. This is where we place value on black truth. Let me see it.
1: Make every minute worth it, babe. Mr. for I do Make every mini break today.
5: this is our I <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us on Saturday night open mic at Rock
1: the oh, 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 oh. I'm Lacey Glute <laughs> <it> after Ooh. <laughs>
4: I'm Miles Graham. Turn out the vote for our future, For our future, For our future.
1: future Turn the vote. Turn out the vote. Turn
11: out the vote. Turn out the vote. Turn
5: out the vote And we hope that you will rock the vote. November 4th, 2014, the most important election in the history of this country. We're going to go to our phones. This is our common ground. And we hope that you will join us. Our number is 347-838-9852. 916, you've been holding for a very long time, and I really appreciate you doing that. I respect you. Thank you so much. Hi, Janice. This is your Facebook friend Monica. Hey Monica. Good to hear from you. I'm so sorry
9: Go you ahead. had to
4: wait so long. We've got oh, a no. little call. That's okay. That's okay. I really just wanted to let you know that um I appreciate you and all the work you do and I learned so much from you. Um, you know, about all the various Thank communities you. in this country of ours and um On your topic, uh, I really want to resonate with, uh, I think you said his name was Dr. Don? Dr. Don from Oklahoma. Yes. Um, Really, I think that, you know, the solution to a lot of our problems is within using our own resources. I've, I've said this on Facebook many times that if every professional black person donated time once a month to their schools, Um, that we can help to solve some of the problems that we have and, you know, help the children in our communities. Um, They need to see, you know, positive role models. And, um, you know, there's an absence of it. I've been working in the schools for many years as a volunteer. And, you know, there's just an absence of our people at at the various meetings, starting with the site council. You know, um, I don't really go much for the PTA. But uh, I do think it's important the site council because that's where the budgetary where how the money is spent, how you determine the money is spent at the site council, and then the city mm-hmm. the city council meetings. You know, I think we need to put pressure on them about you know jobs for our youth. Um, their unemployment has been very high in the double digits, you know, in all the different cities, you know, in our country. So, um, you know, but we're absent at all these different meetings. And then, as far as the response to all the you know recent killings of our children um there's been some meetings here and you know I'm in the uh, San Francisco Bay area and you know in Sacramento that's primarily where I do my my work at and um there's been meetings but I think the meetings need to take place at the schools because what I have noticed is that meetings take place in the evenings and they're you know at places where people the people that are mostly impacted can't get to because of transportation problems or different things like that so it hasn't been effective. I think it would be
5: well, very effective. One of the, let me, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Monica. And uh-huh. one of the things that I think is important for is for us to tap into technology. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. you stream, blog talk radio, there's so many places where all people have to do is make a phone call or get on their yeah. computers to have a message.
4: Yeah, and that hasn't been that hasn't been done. I haven't seen that, mm-hmm. you know. And we we need to push that. We really we do, do need to push that. Mm-hmm.
5: And, and one of the of things that I've been I've been thinking about is that we can reach out to university IT. Uh, programs where students are 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 really studying how to best use the technology mm-hmm. for social justice and change, and employ them as street soldiers to go school by school, organ, uh, helping to organize
4: parents
5: so that parents mm-hmm. can come to a meeting from their
4: home. That's a good idea. That's a great idea. What I have what I have encountered personally is that. You know when you're a black person and you try to organize parents, you're always you know um suspect and um uh-huh. and, and they try to you know they mean meaning the whether it's a school or you know local government they try to block you from having access to to people
1: uh-huh so
4: uh-huh you know they just make it difficult and um and so you know. You know, I And think is, is, not, your, is that not
5: an issue that should be taken before a school board?
4: Parents, absolutely, and, and, and sale. exactly. And it and I have done that. You know, I'm a regular attendee at all those meetings. And a, another mm-hmm. thing that happens is that people get burnt out from going to a lot of meetings because there's so many meetings. But what I try to tell people is just you know rotate going to the meetings and then come back and share your information with other people. Because you That's know there's right. all, there, there's so many meetings. So, you know there's so many there's so much to do, you know. I'm so glad that, you know, I've made a connection with you. You know, I'm sharing your information and you know, I just want you to know I support what you're doing and I'm trying to do my part.
5: Well, thank you, sister. I really appreciate it and it's so good to have you join us tonight and I hope you'll become a regular um, but we've we I I, I organized a, a, a conference on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, India Declare, who's in our chat room, was one of the attendees and the host of all of our network programs and uh, some other advisors, trusted advisors, to talk about how we move forward with this with with this medium with this. Talk radio stuff because we're we've got a lot of competing interests, uh, mm-hmm. and one of the things that makes talk radio is callers. And so we are working as hard as we can to look at ways in which we can continue to build our listenership, our support. And I really appreciate your support. The fact that you share what we are doing on Facebook is oh a, yeah absolutely. Is, 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 is a currency for us. So thank you so very much. And you're and you keep doing the good work and anything that we can do to help. If if you're trying to organize out there, we can connect you with Makan- Makani Temba of the Praxis Project, um, um, uh, Black 21st Century with Ron Daniels, who's doing uh, national organizing work, um, We've got the resources if you need them out in Sacramento. And um, as a matter of fact, um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a show um, out of Sacramento uh, talking about uh, the thefts of reproductive organs from black women. Uh, It it is a problem. It it is an issue that people need to know about. So thank you so very much, Monica, and you you keep sharing and I'll keep sharing and using each other, and we're not going to be stuck between childhood and adulthood uh, going forward. This is the weekend
4: of resistance.
5: Thank you very much.
4: You're welcome, sweetie. Bye-bye.
5: 111, you're on the air. Thank you for your call. I respect you. 111. Is there somebody out there on the 111? One, one, one? Well, we're going to put you on a hold and see if you can get it together. 773, you're on the air. I respect you. Thank you very much for calling our common ground. Well, good evening, Janice. How are you this evening? Alpha, the Alpha who has gone fishing. Well, Alpha, I I told the people you were gone fishing, but I didn't tell you you could go fishing. Well,
6: I've been caught a cold yet.
5: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay? uh, oh, this fit. is Alpha of the Alpha Show. Alpha will be back on the air October twenty fourth at TruthWorks Network. What's up? Down, down, there's just so
6: much going on. You know, a lot of times I've uh, I've hesitated. To take a week off, take two weeks off, whatever to uh to to kind of rest and keep from the burnout and um I heard Dr Don and Dr. Curry speak so eloquently um and your last callers, and you all were speaking to the uh school board aspect of it, and how the parents and the We need to get the message to our youth. And one of the biggest vehicles that has gotten part of the message, and not this message, but a message to our youth is through our churches. Because
1: you can only teach
6: the word. You can only teach the word so often. I I will stick. You can come up with a story. You can do a chapter a week and, and it'll hold you for years. But you see, we need to take a page out of something that has worked. And what has worked is the social issues that Christian evangelicals use to take over a political process. And you've had Frank Schaefer on as your guest, and his father was one of the founders of the evangelical uh political movement.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: In our in our churches, we need to find enough so called holy men, preachers, reverends pastors, to mm-hmm. be able to teach our children how to, and not just the children, but the parents. So, the, if the child isn't there, the parents know because we have lost. We've lost three generations, and it's up to the the elders of these generations to re reintroduce them to their black
0: history, yeah.
6: reintroduce them yeah. to what has happened to them, and what they have gone through. We collect $250 million a week Mm -hmm. throughout this nation in black, black churches, and yet our communities are where they are. We don't teach politics. We do not allow anything other than the word to go through our churches while the other churches, our they're, they're funneling and they are trafficking in political strategies
5: and part of the political Alpha, let strategy. Me, let, let me let me let me ask you to take a take a um, a little break there because I think you're bringing home something very important and I think that uh, Dr. Curry and I talked about it and Dr. Don and I talked about it tonight. And that is that we have all got to figure out our purpose and our role. My role as a broadcaster is to pay it forward all the skills that I've learned, all the tricks I've learned my um, you know I've already put in my will when i when when I expire my phone my private phone book should go to India declare and share, and she should share it with you and some others um, <laughs> because it's a treasure, so we all have to pay it forward in some way, and that is a speech that I made at the uh Boston Black Bar Association meeting the other night. I was a speaker they 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 try to get me to the meetings and so the only reason they can get the way they figured they could get me to the meetings was to um, invite me as a, a guest not as a guest speaker but as a member speaker. That if we have children like my grandparents' who are going into medical health care we have to teach them the principles of humanity as they move into those professions we have a responsibility as a social workers in our community and by the way my social worker niece uh Kimberly Simmons is celebrating a birthday today and happy birthday to her and my prayer is that as she faces the challenges before her that she her faith and her hope will be strengthened um and she and i hope she's listening tonight but w- every one of us has to identify the purpose in this nation building that we should be engaged in because we are adults. I hear you, Alpha. I think that what you do, what you contribute in in unraveling the political complexities and political stories and events is so important because you teach civic lessons every Friday night at Truth Works Network on the Alpha Show. So you're
0: absolutely
5: right. We should not have children who do not know who our allies are in the White House, in the Congress, at the state legislature, at our school boards, in our city council. But the pro- but but here is one of the problems, and this is what we've got to fix. We need to take some of these black so-called leaders, as Glenn Ford of the Black Agenda Report says, the black misleadership, and we need to put them on the Iyanla Vanzant uh, e- 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 show, Fix My Life, because we've got to change not only the narrative. But we've got to change the models. We've got to answer the question, who is our leadership model and why? Well, Alpha I'm running I out think, of time. Well, I thank you for your call. Okay.
1: okay. I'll care. take care. Close
6: up. Close up. I'm Mama, going
5: I, I you just close want you to close say- up.
6: No, I just wanted to say that um, I think that uh, our leadership, the, the, the people who we have known as or assumed as our leaders pass, have basically run the gamut of they've expired. I mean, when it comes to not just their credibility, but they have become, they're falling victims to, Attacks by the people who mean us no good. You see, it's very easy for Black nationalism to be demonized and vilified. It's very easy to demonize and vilify Al Sharpton and call him an a FBI a mole or snitch and Jesse Jackson is an opportunist. But the one thing that these people have done, they have literally refused to Leave this earth as a pauper, as our previous leaders have done, and that's that. That is the difference, and that is the strife that is that is you know upon us, because people mm-hmm. have too many of us have this negative view of people who used to be well respected. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. Janice.
5: Thank you, Alfo, uh, and folks. Don't forget uh the alpha show has page book uh it has a facebook page and the alpha will be back on october 24th and we'll be so happy because i'm still trying to figure out what the hell the the supreme court did this week and didn't do and i still i I can't wait for alpha to come back on the, to explain to me how and what strategy this Supreme Court is going to use and what arguments the Supreme Court is going to use to gut the Fair Housing Act, and that is why they're taking up a housing bias case in this term. I'm going to go back to 111. 111, are you there? I guess I am. It's Chauncey. How are you?
9: <laughs> Chauncey DeVega. How are you?
10: I got a kind invitation, and I went to the movies and came home, and I heard you. I said, "You're like my fairy godmother." How could I say no to calling in, even if for a minute? How are you
5: doing? Close, <laughs> but I want to tell Pedro and read your piece um, uh, because you have simply um, just knocked it out of the, the, the park. On um, what white folks, uh, uh how, how they need to be put in 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 place, Chauncey, I'm so I'm so glad to hear from you. We haven't uh, talked for a long, long time, but folks, this is Chauncey De Vega, a very respectable Negro, and we want you to go to Daily Coast and read his piece. What shall we do with the white people? Ferguson and America Needs a Better Class of Races. Uh, Chauncey, what are you thinking about Weekend of Resistance and Ferguson tonight? I know you went to the well, movies, but I know you were thinking about it.
10: Well, you can't, you know, maybe my answer would be counterintuitive. Like you said, you know, that piece is on Daily Kos, but folks should always go to my own site, ChaunceyDeVega.com, to really see what's going on, is... You have to be really careful about becoming mentally and psychically and physically exhausted. One of the ways that white supremacy works in the society, just like sexism, uh, heteronormativity and classism, but especially white supremacy, is by trying to create a sense of exhaustion among people of color and also our allies, and in particular among black and brown people, which is why we die of heart disease at extremely high rates, which is why we have anxiety disorders, which is why we are internalized so much internal hatred with racism that sometimes you just got to unwind, and that's OK. Because if you're not mentally and physically healthy, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to sustain yourself. And, you know, I was reading about, you know, I was reading this book about African-American resistance during slavery, civil rights movement, sort of things I spend my fair my free time reading about for work and so on. But one of the interesting things I keep returning to is that you have different types of resistance. Sometimes just living and breathing and being a whole person in the face of very difficult circumstances where your life is devalued, that's a type of resistance and survival. So I always encourage folks, yeah, you know, we can talk about politics. We can talk about these life-and-death struggles with these rabid police thugs who are killing us in the street, this New Age lynching. We can talk about the Supreme Court in Redemption 2.0. It's like, you know, the aftermath of Reconstruction again. And all those things matter. But sometimes you just got to do something for yourself and for your family and for your own sanity. And that's a type of resistance, too.
5: Yeah, that's right. I know. I was um, uh, on the – on, after I came off the air and watched the um, intrusion of social justice protests going to the St. Louis Symphony, and then I watched a news report where another black man had been killed, um, I, I just felt like I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Chauncey, can you promise me you're going to join us next Saturday night?
10: Well, we'll figure it out. If not this upcoming Saturday, the following Saturday, but we'll figure something out in the near future. It has been too long. We can sit down and chat and listen to your smart callers and go back and forth. Yeah. Like I said, I felt I wanted to call in. You were the first person to give me some, uh, net, some shine, so to speak, and invite me to sit down a few years ago, and a lot has happened since then. So, as I said, you know, folks, I don't know if they've been following me. I've been on Ring of Fire TV a few times, doing more radio branching out into TV and other things, finally, with the encouragement of folks like yourself. But like I said, I always want to pay it forward and say thanks. See, like I said, you're my internet fairy godmother, so how could I say no? But we'll figure something out.
5: <laughs> and and you know what? Well, I always think when I see you with Pap, Pap loves you. Because <laughs> we, we do have, a good, yeah, we do have do. a good chemistry. So yeah, you do. You have a good chemistry. So I'm day day getting a... I'm getting feedback. You're getting what?
10: Yeah, I was going to say, so I get a Hello? thumbs up, a half thumbs up. Hello?
5: You get a thumbs up.
10: All right. We're only going to keep you on going forward. You always get a thumbs
5: up for me. Okay, and I I am well complimented by being your your internet fairy godmother. And we hope uh, that real soon uh, you're going to be with us. Absolutely. That's Chauncey DeVega, folks. Thanks, Chauncey. Uh, Chauncey com, And this week he wrote a piece that is an absolute must read. Uh, He hits it out of the park. White privilege and colorblind racism nurture a sense of white victimology and racial grievance mongering toward black Americans. What shall we do with the white people? You're listening to Our Common Ground, and we thank you so very much for being with us. Uh, we've only got a few minutes uh, before we hit the top of the hour, and I want to share he this. With you put
9: me in a real mental institution with real crazy people. What the? <laughs> I might have thought I was crazy till you put me in here with the real crazy. <laughs> now I know I'm saying this. <laughs> you ain't lived till you try to break up a fight with a <laughs> and his self. One of y'all is right, that's all I'm trying to say. I ain't trying to be in your business enough. Stop! Fuck, I tell jokes for a living. These got me handcuffed to a nigga who's scraping demons out his face. I'm over there like, Jesus, this is your humble servant, Lord. There's clearly been a miscommunication, Jesus. I'm just saying this burden is a little bit too heavy for your servant, Lord. If you could just swims, remove this boulder off the back, Jesus. I really appreciate it, Lord. I'm just I'm just saying, Jesus, uh, my cup run is over, Lord, is what I'm saying. Lord. The thing is, I ain't even thirsty, Jesus, not a little bit. You can take this whole cup, the pitcher, the carafe, all of it, Jesus. You and that, all you thinking is, I can't wait to get the out of here. And ain't gonna make me stay in this summer. Of this of is
1: our common ground with Fred speaking truth to power and
2: ourselves.
5: And that was Cat Williams. You know, I've been accused of being too serious, so I'm trying to lighten it up a little bit. I want to thank Dr. Don and uh, Dr. Tommy J. Curry of Texas and m University, a real black philosopher. Um, Alpha for his call, Monica uh, from Sacramento, and of course, my friend, Chauncey DeVega. Join him on ChaunceyDeVega.com. Join us on Facebook. And don't forget, we have a community forum at OurCommonGround-Talk.ning.com. I'll see you right back here. We're going to look at Fix Your Life for Black Men who have 87 children with 50 women. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening. Don't be
9: afraid to look at your patterns and your pathologies, no matter how old you are, because we've got to make way for the next generation. Some of the stuff that we suffer through, suffer with, suffer in, we need to eliminate it.
5: You can be the one to heal it. You can be the one to lift it up. You can be the one to clear
9: it. You understand? You can be the one. Uh, And it doesn't require anything of you that you don't already have.
5: Thank you for being with us at Our Common ground. We need and require your support to be brave, bold, and black. I'm Janice Graham. Each Saturday, 10 p.m., I'll be listening for you.
1: I'm letting you know That it ain't no gun they make that can kill my soul Oh no All we want to do is take the chains off all we want to do is break chains. Oh. All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is be free.